vibes. And welcome back to Sense 8, episode 9, Death Doesn't Let You Say Goodbye. So, a lot of new information in this episode. Yeah. Yeah. I'll (laughs) be honest, I feel like this episode was very, like, short. Yeah, honestly, I agree. Because when I was printing out the notes, I was like, hey... I feel like there's less notes than usual. <laughs> like, so I feel like there were less pages that I had to print out. So I think it was shorter than usual. Yeah. Or at least the story, there were less storylines being covered at the very least. Yeah. Cause I do feel like it was a pretty heavy, like backstory episode for like certain mm. people, but all in all, it was kind of just like, a. I mean, it was mainly just like backstory. Like everyone kind of just learned people's backstory and that was a really. Yeah. This was definitely a, um, this this episode was very much um in a positive way an info dump so we mm. got a lot of information on a lot of different characters that we didn't really have before and some that we just got more information on that we already had but needed to elaborate a little bit so we got there's quite a few things we learned in this episode mainly about Riley that's the big one that we learned about in this episode and we didn't learn the whole story but we learned a bit more of the story about yeah. why she didn't want to go home so we will talk more about that when we get to it. Um, and then I get to give you vibes today. On oh, a, vibes, uh, yes. On the uh, on the next episode, which apparently you don't want me to warn no, you No, I don't want the disclaimer. I don't want it. I don't want it. <sighs> All right. I won't give you the disclaimer, but you okay. can't blame me. <laughs> I won't. It's fine. Um, how was your week this week? How was my week? Um, how was my week? Um, I worked was like nice. price change central at at my work so we just stood there ticketing things all day for eight hours mm. um i filmed on saturday and i have more to film on monday tomorrow because i couldn't film on friday because i was working so gosh what else happened this week um i don't think anything else happened this week not that i not that i'm thinking of Pretty sure. No, mm-hmm. no, no. It was, it was very. Yeah, no, nothing happened this okay. week. <laughs> How about you? Um. Oh yeah, wait, no, there were sorry. birds. Birds. <sighs> Remember, I told you last week. How there were like yeah. a bunch of birds because you had a bunch of birds at one point that were just sitting somewhere. Yeah. There were more birds. However, it, I. And adjacent to the birds, or along with the birds, there were more birds, and my mom was like, oh, we're gonna, when she picked me up from work, she was like, when we drive past the cemetery, I need you to look. I was like, why? Every, all over the cemetery, just chilling. Yeah. I was like, no, we're all gonna die, for sure. <laughs> well, I'm wondering, going into my week, I guess, because, did you get snow this week? Mm. Mm-hmm. So, we had the first snow day of the school year, but there was no snow. So, because, like, originally it was meant to be, like, oh, we're going to get, like, 9 to 12 to 13 inches um, of snow. And we then didn't get it, that much. No, and then it went, the next, and then by that night, before the snowstorm, it said it was, mm. went down, like, 4 to 7. Mm. And then that morning, there was, like, nothing. And by the end of the, so I had to go in early. I had to work 7, 30, So mm. we went in early. There wasn't really any snow, so we just started running our schedule. And by the time we left... There was barely anything on the grass. Like, you could see, like, a little bit on the grass of snow, 
but like it was like a no snow snow day. Yeah, our snow. It was so funny because my mom was like, "Oh, we're gonna get this big snowstorm," and then like a day later, she was like, uh, looking at the little map, it like brushes right up against us and then leaves so like we don't get it at all like it just misses us but it's supposed to like hit my uncle like a bunch because he's in new york mm. but i don't know if it did because i'm pretty sure it just like went down because down, i heard nothing about this thing so yeah. not much <laughs> no yeah i i know that um i i think like the weather said like it, it went south overnight which is why we got like nothing because we were supposed to be, be hit a lot but it kind of just went down and missed us so that's good um, what else happened this week other than snow, or no snow, I should say. Um, no snow. Oh yeah. Um, someone got shot near my house Friday morning. What? Yeah. Oh my god. <laughs> um. Uh, apparently, he's supposed to live and be fine. Um. But yeah, that was news to wake up to on Friday morning. Good God. Yeah. Yikes. Yeah. So that was about it. I think nothing really. Eventful, I don't think so. No. Next week is school vacation week, which means I work earlier, and I have Monday off, and I'm taking Friday off too, so I only work three days a week. So that's good. Yeah, that's right. Isn't it like President's Day or something? Yeah, tomorrow I think is President's Day, and then uh, I'm taking Friday off, so that's fun. Tomorrow's President's Day. I did not know that. <laughs> and then they were like, "Oh, we're not delivering tomorrow." I was like, "Why?" And they were like, "It's President's Day." I was like, "Oh yeah." <laughs> Oops. <laughs> oh, it's it's also my birthday on Wednesday. Ah! Oh, yeah. Happy early birthday. Thank you, thank you, thank you. Yes, uh, on our next one, when we talk about Bad Buddy, I'll, I'll freak out about it because that's when it be on. <laughs> but. Oh, yeah, that's true. Be on Wednesday on my birthday. So, yay. Um, nice. I, I'm not, I don't like the fact I'm going to be 28, but yay. <laughs> <laughs> yay. <laughs> Good God. Anyway, uh, it's probably not going to be an eventful birthday. No, no plans. Present-wise, I'm just asking for money. Uh, I think I'm going to, like, a pizza thing at my uncle's house, and that's about it. So, that's my birthday. (laughs) Nice. I mean, fun. Anyway. Anyway. Shall we we get started with Sense8? Yes. So, starting off episode 9, we have... Riley, and we've seen this shot of her before, of young Riley walking across the coast, going Mm -hmm. into the cave. This is when she was talking about meeting the hidden people. Yeah. And when she walks in there, she sees a woman who's singing the same song as she is. And she says, I don't know why we sing such terrible things to our children. It's probably to warn them of what's to come. And she's like, you're not one of the hidden people, are you? And she's (laughs) like, you mean an elf? No. (laughs) Yeah. I'm not. And so... Suddenly, Riley is in this woman's apartment. She's like, oh my gosh, you're like us. And she says, yeah, I am. So she's a fellow sensei. Her name is Ursa. This won't be the only time we see her. We'll see her, I think, once more in this season. And then maybe in season two as well. Mm-hmm. I'm pretty sure we see her in season two. But once more in this season, we'll see her. So she gives her some coffee and they sit down to talk. And Riley asks her why she didn't tell her the truth about who she is and why she pretended to be one of the hidden people and she says that she needed riley to believe that she's not safe in iceland and that she needed to go because it's very dangerous to be there right now Mm. which we still don't 100 percent know more on that but we will learn more about that in the next coming 
episode. I'm wondering if Whispers was there around that time, and that's why she was trying to get her out. That's my theory. Ooh, maybe. Good theory, good theory. We'll go back to Riley in a second, but first we're with Leto. He's at a bar. Oh, yeah. And, yeah, he's he's not doing well. No. <laughs> he's, you know, he's drinking, he's depressed, and uh, he's telling kind of his story in a vague way uh, to this bartender. He's saying that he lives in two separate worlds and that somehow they've crashed into each other and he doesn't know what to do. It's ruined everything. And Leto's talking about how it feels like, you know, a part of himself has, like, died. Like, this part of his life has just died off because of it. And the bartender asks Leto if he's celebrating or mourning. And Leto says that he's celebrating, which we know is not true, but yeah. um, he says it in a way that definitely no one would think that it is true. You know? It's like, yeah. you don't look very happy. <laughs> yeah. And so the bartender kind of eyes him as he makes the martini, and he actually recognizes him because he knows he knows him from, a, I believe, a telenovela, if I remember correctly, mm-hmm. from The Mirror Has No Heart. In the telenovela, it's, I believe, Leto has a evil twin. And oh. apparently that resonated with the, with the bartender because he says he also feels like he's living two lives. He admits to Leto that he has a secret self and he kind of propositions Leto to kind of go into the back room and have some fun. And Leto sits there for a moment, but then when people pass, he gets a bit skittish and like jumps takes his hand away and he gets really mad and he rejects him and he says he's not a f slur he 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 says the f slur which is oh does he oh i missed that part he does he says i'm not a blank (laughs) oh and then i didn't catch catch that how did you not catch that (laughs) i don't know (laughs) i i remember i i remember him pulling away and when people came in because I remember thinking, like, oh, like, oh, what's he actually going to do if people didn't come in? And then, mm. I, I guess I didn't hear. I don't know. Yeah, we didn't know that. Um, so, yeah, he uses the F-slur, and he, he storms off, and the bartender looks a bit upset. Um, so, he's not doing well. <laughs> no. He's, he's doing very bad. It seems he still really can't accept himself that well. Even if, it, even if he's not really with anyone, and he's just, like, in a random bar, he's still having trouble kind of letting this part of him in, even if he wasn't going to go to the back room yeah. with this bartender. So back with Riley, uh, Ursa is kind of explaining to her why she lied to her. And she's talking about BPO, which we know, with the Biologic Preservation Organization. Mm-hmm. And she says that they run a DNA census in order to hunt down potential sensates. So it's very, yeah, they're very... Not easy to find, but they, they, they've set up a system where they can find them a bit easier than they would have done. Yeah. And uh, apparently Ursa worked inside the BPO as a nurse and tried to protect as many potential sensates from them as she could. So she was kind of working on the inside, trying to keep as many people safe as she could. Mm-hmm. And Riley was one of those sensates, because apparently Riley was brought to BP, the BPO lab by her mother who wanted to know if Riley had the same genetic disease that her her mother did, that killed her mother. Mm. And Ursa saw that Riley was a sensei and was like, so she told Riley that she was hexed so that she would leave Iceland. I mean, valid. Valid. I mean, she, di- she did what she had to do to save her. 
Yeah. Even if she didn't know her. And in the present, Riley's angry. She says, I blamed my mother's death on myself. I thought it was my fault because you told me I was hexed. Yeah. And she also says, I thought that what happened in the mountains was my fault as well. So there's something that happened in the mountains. Something bad. That is the bad thing that has kept her from returning home. And Ursa apologizes for the unnecessary unnecessary pain that she caused, but she points out that she was the one that called the rescue authorities when Riley was stranded in the mountains. She could feel that um, she was in trouble because they had made eye contact before, so she, they, they were connected in some way. Mm-hmm. And even though Riley was not, like, born yet, like, sensate-wise, um, she was still a sensate. Yeah. And when they met, she connected with her, so she knew she was in trouble. She sent the authorities there. And Riley asked Ursa if she has children. And Ursa said, no, no. Uh, I'm afraid that my children would also be sensate and that they'd be hunted down and then I would have to feel them die. So that means being a sensate is genetic? Not necessarily. But there's always a possibility. Because that br- made me think, like, is it possible any of the sensate we know's parents are mm. sensate as well? And we Question. just don't know it yet. I will say now, so you're not, so you're not hanging on every word. No. Okay. <laughs> so you don't have to worry about it. Um, okay, fine. Not fine. that I know of. I like to think of it. I don't know the full rule as to like if it's genetic or not. But I like to think of it in terms of Harry Potter rules, which I know you've never seen Harry Potter, so you don't know. Yeah, no, that's not but, but there's, um, like, uh, let's see, let me think about this. Uh, some witches and wizards are born from magical parents. Uh, they're what horrible people would call pureblood. Um, and what do they call them pureblood? I don't know. There's a name for it. And then there's the magical kids that are born from muggle parents or non-magic parents. Mm-hmm. and they would be called mudblood, but that is a slur in the magic community, so they wouldn't be. They shouldn't be. Um, but that can happen. So so all of these sensates are probably, you know, that, because their parents are not sensates. So they're kind of like the uh, magical children born of non-magical parents of this world. Okay. And it's also possible, it's also possible for non-magic children to be born from uh, magic parents, which are called squibs, I believe. So... I I like to think of it in rules like that, where there's a possibility for anything. Okay. Riley uh, recalls a memory uh, while she's, uh, while Ursa is speaking to her about, I wouldn't want to feel my children die. And you can see this flashback of Riley curled up on the ground on top of a snowy mountain. Mm -hmm. And she doesn't look good. (laughs) No. She looks, she's looking bad. Um, And evidently there's a helicopter there as well. So... Something bad happened, and it's connected to a child, because they're talking about children when this happens. So, we will get there, though. So, with Will, Will's having a flashback to his childhood, to the same moment that kind of opened the series, I think. Um, And it's when he saw Sarah Petrell being killed, basically, by Whispers. And in the flashback, we see more about what happened. He went up to her, and she, I, I, I honestly think this was her, I think she was already dead, kind of, but they had made eye contact already, kind of, and so she was like, 
don't look at it. Like, like I'm pretty sure she was dead on that table. Yeah. If I had to guess. And, but she still, yeah, yeah, she still kind of, like, in quotes, wakes up and says to Will, don't look at him. That's how he got me. Which makes more sense now than it did at the in the first episode. Because yeah. the first episode, nothing was known about what was going on. But now that we know a bunch of stuff, it's like, okay, now I know what this means. Don't look at him. Yeah. This is bad. It'd be bad if we look at him. Sarah tells Will to run because Whispers knows he's here. And as Will's about to run and leave, Whispers grabs his ankle. And he keeps saying, look at me, look at me. Like, he's desperate for him to look at him because he's, he's like, I can't get you if you don't. Yeah. I can't see where you are at all times if you don't. And Will narrowly escapes. He could have been dead there, but no, oh, he yeah. got out. And he suddenly wakes up from this dream he was having. He was having this as a dream. And he gets up to grab beer from the fridge. And when he turns around, Jonas is sitting on the couch. And he's visibly shaken and he's wearing a hospital smock. Mm -hmm. So something's going on with him. Yeah. He's somewhere bad. Back with Riley. Riley says that Ursa knew what was happening in the mountains and asked her why she didn't help. And Ursa kind of apologizes and explains that she took terrible chances to help. Like She says she instinctively felt Riley in danger and that she called the authorities to rescue her from the mountains before she died. And Riley says, I wanted to die. Like, uh, I wanted to die and be with them, so you shouldn't have saved me. So Ursa sympathizes with her, obviously. She says that when one of their cluster member died, she thought the pain would never go away. Because apparently it's much worse when you're a sensei and one of your cluster dies, because you can all feel it. Mm. And she explains that life holds on to people and tries to give them a second chance. And she can tell because even though Riley says she didn't want another chance, Ursa says that if she didn't, she wouldn't have come looking for her. She's like, you came looking for me in the cave. You came wanting answers. So why are you here if you just don't want don't want another chance at life, you know? Yeah. And back with Will, we keep going back and forth because they're going to end up chatting at some point. Uh, back with Will, he's talking to Jonas, and he visits where Jonas is being kept. And Jonas is like, he's strapped to a chair. He's got electrodes connected to his forehead. He is not safe. <laughs> yeah. And he asks Jonas what BPO is doing to him. Jonas explains that they're watching and measuring him. And that's why he has to visit him in his location over in Chicago. Because if Will visits him here with them talking, they can hear what Jonas is saying. But as long as Jonas is visiting Will, they don't know what Jonas is saying. Because he's technically in a different location. Yeah. At least in his brain. And then he's speaking in his mind, they say. Not yeah, yeah, yeah. Loud. You yeah. can hear... You can hear the voice in your mind. That's what it comes across as. So that's another thing we learn about visiting. Is that wherever you're visiting, you're talking there. So that you're not talking in the place you're standing in physically. And uh, so Will says that he has to get him out of PBO. He's like, I gotta get you out of here. This is... You don't look good. You look very in danger. <laughs> and yeah. Jonas says that uh, he's been unconscious for so long that he could be anywhere. So he can't help. He has no yeah. idea. No idea where he is. And Will says he's sorry because he feels like it's his fault for getting Jonas into this situation, which a little bit, but also he did not know what was going on. He had no, no. way of really fully believing what was going on. And 
Jonas agrees with the fact that what whatever I just said. Um, not with Will. <laughs> and he says that Angelica didn't believe in fault. And it was the present understood by people looking backwards. We need to look forward to survive. Back with Riley. Ursa says now that she told Riley the truth. She will need to go on the run. She needs to leave. And she takes a pistol out of an old box and packs it in her bag. So for a second, it looks like, oh, God, is she going to shoot Riley? No. <laughs> yeah. She's fine. Um. Because when I first watched this, I was like, why do you have a gun? Please don't kill me. <laughs> uh, but no, she's just taking it for protection. And Ursa says that Riley may be captured. And if she is, BPO will be able to trace the connection back to Ursa. And she can't take that chance, so she needs to go now. And she says that all it takes is one slip for Riley to end up in the hospital and then arrested. And then they'll easily find her. And when they find her, they'll find Ursa. Riley tries yeah. to convince her that she'd be more careful and she won't tell anyone about her if she gets caught. But Ursa says that BPO has techniques for tracing the sicilium, which is the psychic nervous system in a sensate. Mm -hmm. And she says, you can try not to, not to tell them, but they will find out sooner or later because they know how to go around about in the sicilium to find where I am. And we'll see more of that in season two. Ooh, okay. Um, we know a little about it in this season, but in season two we see it put into practice of them finding people through sensates. Yikes. Um, but yeah, she says that they can hear the vibration of the Sicilian and tries to demonstrate it to her. She says, find that vibration in yourself and really listen to it. And that brings Riley to Will. Yeah. It's like a it's like a calling. And so she kind of appears and visits him there and they see each other and they're being they're being cute they're being wholesome uh because they really love it so uh, the other two are like sitting there going oh yeah i think you really like this guy i can tell yeah <laughs> and all they see is each other jonas uh jonas and ursa have very different interpretations of what love is Jonas says that he remembers how he loved Angelica at first sight and that Angelica believed that sensates experience love in its purest form. While Ursa believes that love in a cluster is pathological and narcissistic because you're basically falling in love with yourself. Um, so I don't know. Which one do you agree with? Uh, I believe Jonas. I was going to say, like, I know later they kind of like start or mainly, um, Ursa starts accusing Jonas of, like, hey, stay away from him, otherwise, like, he'll bring you to Whispers or whatever. Which yeah. I didn't believe because the first scene of the show is him, like, with Angelica as, like, she's dying and she's mm. like, oh, don't let him get them or whatever, or whatever she says, I forget. But, like, mm. I'm more inclined to believe Jonas than Ursa. Yeah. I'm definitely more inclined to believe Jonas than Ursa. Um... There could be both as well as an option. There could be they neither. Could. Yeah. But I think it basic. I would believe Jonas as well because the first time we see him is when he's helping Angelica give birth to these sensates, yeah. and then is there for her as she dies, saying that I'll protect them. So it doesn't like make sense in your brain, right? For it to be like, wait, no, but he's actually going to betray them. Yeah, that wouldn't. Makes because I mean, one, I'm pretty sure he was like in love with Angelica or something, or there was like a thing going on there. 
Yeah. So, like, it just didn't make sense to me to have yeah. him be betraying them in any way. Yeah, it definitely doesn't. Yeah. So, uh, Ursa tells Riley to ask Will about his birthday. So they find out uh, that they're born in the same day, the same moment. Yeah. In this scene. And he's, Jonas elaborates on that. He says the first breath that sensates in a cluster take, they take as one. So even before they are born as sensates, in quotes, they are born together. They are already going to be in their cluster because they take the same breath at the same moment. Yeah. Will says he has to go, and Riley says, okay, take care of Jonas. And Ursa's like, whoa, are you talking to Demon Jonas Maliki? Yeah. And she's like, yeah. <laughs> and Ursa quickly interrupts that connection. She drags Riley away. And before we see what happens there, Jonas tells Will he needs to get Riley out of Iceland because BPO operates a genetic research facility there, which is why it's quite dangerous to be there. It's because they're v- they could very easily grab her and drive her two feet to the to the facility and she'd be a goner. Yeah. So she needs to get out of there. And he tells Will that sensates enter there and they never come out. That usually what happens. I believe it. Yeah, I believe it. With Whisper's track record so far. Ursa guesses that Angelica birthed him, which she's like, How did you how did you know that? And she says you're talking to Jonas? Angelica and Jonas were collaborators with BPO. What? Which is like new information to us. <laughs> I still don't believe that. Hmm. <laughs> or if they were, it wasn't. If maybe if they were, they were like trying to be like undercover, get information to spread from the inside. I could see that, mm. but I don't see it as them trying to like hurt. Other sensates. Mm. Evidently, uh, Ursa says that they birth clusters just so they have sensates to hunt down. And Ursa tells her that, that it won't take long until Whispers finds Riley if Will is connected to Jonas. She ends her visit with Riley immediately, saying, You're on your own. I'm out. See, and this is why I don't believe her, is because in the first scene, it seemed like Angelica is trying to tell Jonas to protect the sensate from Whispers, which indicates that Angelica and Jonas are not working with Whispers. Mm. So there would be no way that they would be trying to like, or Jonas now would be trying to destroy or hurt the sensate. True. We did see that scene and it makes 100% sense that they're not on his side right now. Yeah. I think we're set in that fact. If whatever's going on right now, there's no way that they're on the same side. No. I try and... This reminds me of other TV shows I watch where I use this rule in every TV show that I watch. If it's being played to the audience, like if someone's alone, or yeah. in this case, when Jonas and Jellica are alone and they're saying something to each other, if there's no one else there to listen to it, then they can't be lying to that person because there's no one else there. It's just us. So they have no reason to lie. Yeah. So it makes sense that they're not on his side. Yeah, no, that, I, I, that I, I agree with that. I believe that. I use that rule in everything. Um, <laughs> how I get through my TV days. Anyway, now we get to see more of Wolfgang. He's still in Felix's hospital room. And Felix is still unconscious. Uh, Wolfgang's having him watch a movie still, though. He put his earphones in, and, and they're watching one of their movies. 
And as they're sitting there, or as Wolfgang's sitting there peacefully, uh, Sergei, his uncle, and the bodyguard enter the room. And Wolfgang immediately puts everything away. He's like, what are you doing here? <laughs> uh, I don't trust any of y'all right now. Yeah. Sergei tells Wolfgang that he and Felix are his family. So, of course, he wanted to come visit. He wanted to make sure Felix was okay. And he comes near Felix and whispers to him, never listen to doctors. All they know is death. Life is a mystery to them. You've got this. You'll survive. And Sergei then turns around to Wolfgang. And he says that life is just five things. Yeah, he'll say anything his dad says. Uh-huh. Eating, shitting, drinking, fucking, and fighting for more. And he says that Wolfgang's dad, his brother, used to tell him that and then punch him in the face. So. I believe it. I mean, honestly, yeah. Also, like, even though it's, like, violent, it feels like the basics of it is very sibling energy. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> It's the very, the very basic of that is very sibling energy, minus the violence. I quite find that funny. <laughs> yeah. And Sergei says that after Anton, Wolfgang's father, was killed, he now believes that life is just one thing. Revenge. And he tells Wolfgang that he has to realize that his theft was a mistake and he can go no further. Because the only thing he wants to do, Sergei, is that he wants to find the person who killed his brother, Wolfgang's father. He says the I want revenge on them. The day I find them will be a great day. I shall kill them. And before Sergei leaves, he tells Wolfgang, I love you, Wolfgang. But don't make me choose between you and my son. Because I fear that if he did have a choice, he wouldn't choose Wolfgang. <laughs> Probably not. It's his kid. Of course he's going to choose his kid. Even yeah. though he hates him. <laughs> yeah. In quotes. I don't know. He seems to not like him. <laughs> So, with Kala now, the last time we saw Kala, she was having a, a very traumatic event happen to her. Yeah. <laughs> this, this, her, her fiancé, I was about to say husband, her fiancé's father was stabbed on the steps of the temple that she visits and almost killed. Wasn't killed. He's not dead. Mm-hmm. And so, Kala, Rajan, and uh, Sahana, which is, um, Menendra's wife, his mother, um, Rajan's mother, they're at the police office, and Kala's giving her statement on the attack. Kala gets asked a lot of questions about the attack and Menendra's motives. Like, oh, why was he there talking to you? Did you hear about the bill? Like, you you like to pray, and you, you pledged your weight in bananas. You, you went there to speak to your god. And did you know that all of this would be outlawed if the bill that he sponsored passed? And they're trying to, like... They're kind of being dicks. <laughs> I, I think they're trying to see if she was a part of this. If she may well, like, use that, like, the distractor to keep him there, keep keep him talking, keep him distracted while they come in and attack. And, obviously, their motive for that is because he has a bill that could, like, kind of outlaw her religion, so to speak. Yeah. So, I see what they're trying to do. They're trying to do the whole, like, cop detective thing, trying to figure out what happened. It's True. just, we obviously know she's not part of it. We obviously know she's not part of it, but also there is an underlying thing of they don't like him either. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. No one really likes him, to be fair. <laughs> I don't like him. <laughs> no. And uh, so at one point they showed, um, so Sanyam and Priya are there next to them, which is uh, Kala's mother and father. They came as well. So everyone's there. Mm. And these cops talking to, are, are, are asking her all these questions and Rajan just is like, no, no more. 
you got you got to chill okay stop asking her all these questions we've just been through something terrible her especially cuz she saw it and so if you have any more questions you could do so in the presence of our lawyer so the detectives leave and Claus feeling guilty she keeps saying that she believes this was his, her fault she said what what if it's because of me he came there to see me this is my fault and Rajan's like you did nothing wrong my father had a lot of enemies uh, he believed in corruption in the police force, but I think they just don't like him. And <laughs> it's, uh, yeah. So, obviously it's not her fault. Her father was a man with many, many enemies. Yeah. Now, uh, there are two different halves of this scene I'm about to talk about, but here we are in the first half of my favorite discussion or my favorite conversation pretty much ever yeah. in the show. No, I figured. Yeah, it's, it's, it's such a good conversation. Um, so Leto and Nomi are who we're on right now. And Leto is sitting in the museum that him and Hernando kind of met up at as one of their like initial dates. Not maybe not the first, maybe not the second, but one of the beginning dates that they were on. Yeah. And he's reminiscing, he's remembering everything. And Hernando's talking about a line in Leto's movie, The Passion of the Sinner, and that it always makes him think of this museum. And he talks about how love like art is something that should be free, something that has no rules, expectations, or limitations. And as Hernando's talking, you can see Leto just falling in love with him with every word he's saying, because he's like, oh, this man is so passionate. He just, you can feel it. And as he's sitting there remembering all this, we see Nomi back in her apartment. She's still cleaning it up. It's still a mess from when it was trashed. Yeah. Which, by the way, I don't know if I talked about this. I know it kind of uh. gets brought up later. But going back to her apartment is probably not the smartest thing to do. But she does kind of no, bring it's it up not. later on why it's, like, a little smarter now. But, yeah. like, still extremely risky. It is very risky. Uh, but I believe, because of what she does, that we'll talk about later, that they're go- I don't think they have any problems here. Not that I know of, at least. I haven't seen any. Or not that I remember. <laughs> there could be something, and I'm just completely blanking on it. But, yeah. Not the smartest of moves. I do agree. But, honestly, where would she go? She, she, I think Amanita's brought up a couple times that they should go to, like, a friend's place or to stay in, like, a, a shelter. And she's like, no, because that would be bringing all of our yeah. trouble onto, onto other people. And she just doesn't want to do that. So as she turns around, she sees Lido sitting on the couch. And suddenly she's in the museum as well. And she sits next to him and they kind of recognize each other. And... He says, I don't mean to be rude, but I'm having a very tough time and I'd like to be alone. And she said, I mean, I'm having a tough time, too. And I don't even know why I'm here. Mm -hmm. And this is another instance for us where their sensate selves have kind of brought two of them together that need each other right now. And Nomi's talking about how she was almost killed and that now she's home. And she says she's worried about Amanita and their former happy life. And the life she used to lead. And that kind of resonates with Lido a little bit. Because he he's remembering the life he used to have before yeah. Hernando left. Nomi asks about their location. She's like, where are we? And apparently they're at the Diego Rivera Museum. And Nomi recognizes that name because he was married to Frida Kahlo. And Lido also mentions that the worst day of Diego Rivera's life was when Frida died. Because he realized too late that the best thing about his life was his love for her. And so without her, he became sad. Mm. And from what Lido said, Nomi asks if he has a boyfriend. She's like, I can tell. 
something's wrong. So, so are you with yeah. someone? And he says, not anymore. Yeah. He's very sad. He's very sad. And she asks what happened. And he says that it's his fault that he got scared. And he says that in his movies, he plays the hero all the time. But in real life, he's just a coward. Poor Leto. <laughs> I love Leto so much. He's one of my favorite characters in the show. So before we hear the rest of this conversation, we go to Sun. Mm-hmm. And she's in her cell reading a book. And a guard comes up asking for her and saying that she has a visitor. Interesting. She hasn't had any up until now. And so Sun goes to the visiting room and her father, Kangde, is there. Which is interesting. And both of them sit down at the table. Kangde thanks her again for what she did. It's like, did not do it for you. <laughs> Honestly, I, I, it's, it, she's still upset. I mean, I would be too. Duh. Yeah. And he admits that he hasn't slept since the whole arrest. Since she left, he hasn't slept. And she says that she hasn't. She's never slept so well. <laughs> she, yeah, she's fine. She's great. And. He says, I'm not a good person, but when your mother was alive, I was better because of her. And he tells Sun that when she died, he thought a part of him died with her. But then he realized it didn't because it was in Sun. And he says that his wealth, his company, his fortune, meaningless without his daughter. And Sun's tearing up because she's never heard something like that from him before. She was always she always believed that he hated her. She even asked yeah. her mother why he did hate her. And now he's saying this. And apparently he has realized the error of his ways and what happened. And he says that he plans to tell the truth to the authorities so that he can get her out. Ooh. So, father to the rescue. Let's go. I'll believe when I see it. Believe it when you see it. Okay. Yeah. But it is it, it's a step in the right direction. That yes. he is saying that he loves I mean, no, much. no, on him, like, yes, but I'm also, I, this seems too easy. It does seem a little too easy. I do see what you mean there. So, I mean, we'll, I mean, I don't know. We'll see. We'll see. Exactly. It could go well. It could go horribly. We don't know yet. Yeah. So, before we get to the next half of Nomi and Lido's conversation, we're going to take a break here. Okay. And we will see you guys when we come back. Right, and we are back with Sense 8, episode 9, Death Doesn't Let You Say Goodbye. We pick back up with Lito and Nomi. They're still in the museum together. Mm-hmm. And Lito's sitting. Oh, I'm on the wrong page. <laughs> At least the conversation picked up in the same place. <laughs> yeah. So that was correct. <laughs> so Lito is recounting him and Hernando's first date. So this was their first date. My bad. Um,. And he says that the museum is the only place in Mexico City where you can experience Diego Rivera. You can feel him there. And he's talking about the piece that they're looking at. And apparently uh, it was commissioned by J.D. Rockefeller. And what happened was Diego Rivera kind of went like off the side and he added Lenin in, united with all of the workers. And so J.D. Rockefeller told him to repaint it. He didn't want that. And when Diego refused, he had it destroyed. So this has this art has some like painful history behind it. But years later, he repainted it in Mexico. And 
it would have been free. It would have been free art, but apparently now it's controlled by censors. And honestly, he feels that Diego Rivera would have been ashamed of what it became, just going between museum to museum and kind of bartered and how nothing about it is free now. I loved that whole discussion about the painting. Like, I, I'm not an art person, but like, it was so interesting to listen to. So Lido remembers how he used to listen to Hernando talk about art for hours. He said he could sit there for hours just listening to him talk about it. And he has a flashback to their first kiss in the museum bathroom. And it was more than just their oh. first kiss. They did some It was more than just the first kiss. I'm just saying. It was more than just the first kiss. And yeah. But the way, like, you know me. I'm like, whenever it comes to, like, sex, I'm like, but this show handles it so beautifully. And the way he talks about it, I'm like, oh, my God, this is gorgeous yeah it's so pretty he says like i don't want to say it more See, i i like i said i want to say when he's talking with nomi about it after we kind of end the flashback he talks mm. I, what, oh, what is it? he says um oh yeah i took it like in my mouth or something uh, and yeah. i just <laughs> laughed out loud when i heard why <laughs> I, I know it's supposed to be romantic and everything and it was but like i'm also like it's me so like i was like ha that's funny that's yeah it's happens. you it's flipping you. Um, but yeah. he says he was doing it like he was taking Holy Communion and that it was a religious experience. <laughs> and stop laughing! It's beautiful! I forgot about that part! Oh, no! Oh, God, man. It was That's beautiful, yeah. though. But it was beautiful. Yeah. The way he describes it is gorgeous. I love it. It's beautiful. Yeah, but when you think about it in the actual sense, it's not so much beautiful as it is yeah whatever anyway um <laughs> nomi kind of relates to the power of the kiss and Lido tells nomi that he had well, wait question 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 wait, wait question, question yes question 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 she says that she relates the power of the kiss mm. is that didn't she or amanita say that their first kiss was also in the bathroom in like a club or something actually it might have been or no 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 wait was it in the library? I forget where it was. But it was like I think they said they went to the bathroom and started like making out or something. I feel like it was. I feel like it was in a bathroom. I'm pretty sure it was in a bathroom. It may have been at a club that is ringing some bells. The, they first met at a bookstore because Amanita worked there. But I think their okay. first kiss might have been in in a bathroom at a club. That that makes okay. sense in my head. Okay. So please, someone correct me if I'm wrong. But that sounds that sounds familiar. Okay. So yeah, she's relating to it kind of in that way as well, like physically, but also the feeling that it gave that it mm. gave to have your first kiss with someone that you love so much. Yeah. And Lito tells Nomi that he had told Hernando from the beginning that the condition about the conditions when being in a relationship with him. He's like, I'm trying to get work as an actor. This is how it's gonna be. And Nomi asks what went wrong, and Lito said that he was afraid that he'd lose everything he worked for. And that fear is what overcame everything in the end, and not just, you know, his love for Hernando. And he feels like he regrets it now. She says that when she was young, she used to love dolls, and she felt like her father never forgave her for that. And Nomi's telling the story of her father forcing her to join the swim club when she was eight, thinking it would make mm. her more masculine, because apparently he belonged to the same swim club, and that it made him the man he was. And at the time, she wasn't comfortable with her body. No. And, I mean, for obvious reasons. And you had to shower before going into the pool. 
And so yeah. she would shower with all her clothes on. She didn't take she she had her shirt on and her swim trunks. She did not want to shower naked like all the other boys. Yeah. And all of the boys mocked her for it. They they took all her clothes off. They they put her up against the um shower and it was like burning water because it was coming from the radiator. Yeah. And she said that she still had permanent scars from when it happened because it was that hot. Mm. And Lito's feeling that that fear and that anger and he like yells, please stop. Like beca- like he yeah. can still like stop the boys even though it was in the past. And Nomi says that the moment that moment may have made or that swim club may have made her father the man that he was, but it also made her the woman that she was. I, I like that whole like reversal of like Absolutely love this scene was so pretty. Um I love I, I love the way she describes all of this because that's the moment she decided that she didn't want to be one of the boys. That's the moment she thought I need to be true to who I am. And she says that those the violence that those boys did was horrible, but it they were true to who they were. And mm. it made her want to be true to sh- who she was. And that the violence that all the people do against us, that people yell at us, they scream at us. All that violence is not nearly as bad as the violence that we do to ourselves when we're not when we're afraid to be who we really are. I love this whole conversation. I think it's just beautiful. It like really had me wrapped the entire time just staring at the television going, wow, this is like deep. And I like hearing from Nomi more about her past and how she can use it to help Lito move forward because she's been through um queer instances like mm-hmm. growing up and i it's good that she's the one who came to talk to lito because she could probably help him through a lot of what he's going through as well yeah now with kala she's making some tea or she's making chai when rajan walks up to her and he says i, I know you've been through a lot and i wouldn't ask unless it wasn't important but my mother wants to see you mm-hmm. and she said okay that's that's totally fine and he takes her to his father's hospital room where his mother is and she sits down beside her and she acknowledges that she knows Kala prays at the temple very often. Yeah. And she says that she was born in Bombay and she actually prayed very often too at a specific temple that I will not try to pronounce because I will get it wrong. And <laughs> she says that after her marriage, her husband told her like he wasn't having it. He didn't want her going to this temple to pray anymore. Which I hate. (laughs) Who are you to say? Who she can pray to? Like, it makes me angry. So she says he's a good man, though. Like, she she says uh, he may believe in a lot of things, but he's a good man. And that he cares about people and he wants to help people. I'm like, "Ah, but all right. I believe that that to an extent. To an extent, yeah. I believe it to an extent. because and we talked about this before. I do believe that what he thinks he's doing is the right thing for everyone, and like mm. he thinks he's doing what like should be done to help everyone else. It's yeah. just it's not, and he needs to realize that. That yeah, is he where does. I see that coming from. I agree. I see that for sure. And we know that he probably wouldn't want anyone praying for him because it's not his thing. But his wife asks Kala to pray to Ganesh, uh, with her. So that, you know, because she she wants her husband back. And she thinks that, you know, the peop- the God that she believes in, 
praying to him will give her comfort as well as hopefully help her husband yeah. recover. So back with Riley, we get a lot of interesting information here. Uh, Sven is driving Riley to, it looks like a church on the seaside. And he tells Riley that he and her father would visit this place often. He said we would sit there and we'd play music. And sometimes he didn't want to go. He's like, it's too cold. Uh, it's not like they care anyway. And he said that Gunner would just say, I, I didn't do it for them, though. I do it because I missed my daughter. And that's why I still go. So Riley exits the car and goes up to the graves. We see some graves. And evidently it's her deceased husband and child. Which is very sad. Newborn, like, the, that day was the same day for the child, right? It was the same day, yeah. Okay. So very, very newborn. New, fresh born. Like, literally fresh out of the womb. Yeah, it said 12-1 like, to 12-1, 2008. Yeah. So, that's very sad. We'll see more about what really happened on that day in uh, the next episode. The episode after the next episode. We'll see a bit more in the next episode, and then the episode after. We'll see more yeah. as well. And the one after that. So, it, it's a storyline that we're going to get snippets of all the way until we get the full thing. Okay, good. Yeah, I figured. Yeah. So, th it's assumed that this is her um, husband and her child, and they're, they're both dead. And she apologizes to the graves for not seeing them sooner. She thought that by visiting them, she would stand there and that she felt that she would want to die again. Or worse, that she wouldn't. And that she'd be fine with not having them there. And she sits down and she talks to the graves for a bit. She says that she doesn't really recognize herself in the mirror anymore as the girl that she was when she was with them and with her husband specifically that's who she's talking to really and she kind of flashes back to a moment when she was in school and magnus rides a horse into the inside of the school to pick her up yeah very magical very romantic <laughs> that horse might have been well trained because that could have gone bad very quickly that could have gone bad very quickly like a horse inside a how, like a building or something like that can go very wrong have you have you ever watched any of john mulaney's specials no oh you won't get this then there's like a whole like i don't like john uh, what's i forgot his name i said mm -hmm. it and then I, thank you uh <laughs> you just said it. that's how i remember i just said it and i forgot um he i don't like him anymore but he has this bit in one of his comedy specials on netflix where he talks about like donald trump in the vein of a horse being loose in a hospital. <laughs> yeah. Going, there's a horse loose in the hospital. So when you said in a building, it made me think of that. Um, yeah. <laughs> anyway. Yeah. But uh, evidently it is. Because he rides in. He picks her up. She's smiling. She's very happy. Yeah. They seem to have been extremely happy. Uh, evidently, though, it did not end well for them. And she tells the grave that her present-day self is different because her past self died along with them. Yeah. She's with them, and she's different now. So, back with Nomi. She's in her apartment, still cleaning up, and the she hears the doorknob, a front door being turned. She grabs a knife, like, oh god, they're back, they're coming to get me. Thankfully, though, it is not them, it is Amanita. Yeah. She, she said, I knew you would come here, <laughs> I knew you would come home, because this is the place you feel most safe. 
and they hug each other because they haven't seen each other uh, since Nomi ran out the house. And she didn't know what happened to Amanita. They had no way of talking to each other for fear of, you know, their phones being monitored. So Nomi knew that Amanita would find her as well. Because Amanita says she knew she'd find Nomi here. And Nomi says, I knew you would find me anyway. I'm like, I love love y'all so much. (laughs) And so they're together again. Happy days. Nomi's not alone because she was feeling very alone a second ago when she was talking to Leo. And back with Riley, but kind of first with Caffius. Um, Caffius gets into his his bus, and when he turns around, he sees Riley sitting in one of the back seats, very teary eyed, very sad. And he said, "Hey, how's Iceland?" <laughs> she she's like silent. She doesn't answer. And it's like so bad that you want to be here. It's like yeah, I'd rather be here. <laughs> yeah. So he goes to sit next to her to have a chat, because evidently she needs it. And he goes to sit next to her at the graves in Iceland as well. And Riley tells Caffius that she never went to the funeral, as she's showing him the stones. And he asks her, did you say goodbye at all? And she says, death doesn't let you say goodbye, which is the title of our episode. Yep. She says that death only carves holes in someone's life, someone's future, and in someone's heart. Caffius sighs from what Riley said, and he tells her the story of his sister. He says, when my sister was born, and again, that makes you go, hang on, you have a sister. <laughs> yeah, I was like, oh, I didn't know this. And then finding out that they gave her away, I was like, oh, that makes sense why I don't know this. That tracks. And he flashes back to this memory. Shiro's collecting water from a stream, and young Caffius is holding his newborn sister. She looks, She's a fresh little baby. And he says, the moment he saw her, he loved her. And he wanted to have her as his little sister forever, but they didn't have any food. And because they didn't have any food, his mother wasn't able to give milk. So they bring her to an orphanage, and they give her to the nuns. And they look heartbroken as they hand her over, but they ultimately believe that it was what was best for her. Because they couldn't give her what she needed. Yeah. So... Caffius looks at his sister being taken away and he says it's the hardest thing he's ever done and that he cried a lot as if his sister had died. And he says that in a way she kind of did. He's He never saw her after that. I'm assuming he will in the future. I assume she'll come back next season. Just saying. I gotta tell you, no, she doesn't. Really? No, we never see her. Damn, last. It hammers. I know it hammer. It hammers on the point a bit more though of of how he feels like that she died, but. But he also says, in a way, she also lived. You know, well, yeah, yeah, yeah. She lived, but also it felt like she died for him. So he, it's kind of both. He says that life and death are kind of mixed, and in a way that some beginnings have endings, some endings are actually beginnings. And he hopes that that comforts Riley a little bit. But I think I think that's beautiful. Uh, he always gives the most beautiful like advice and, and yeah. speeches. So back with Nomi, her and Amanita are relaxing in bed. They've got little butter cookies as rings. They put butter cookies around their fingers like they're I rings. noticed that. Yeah, I was like, what are those? They're so cute. Those cookies look good, by the way. I want cookies now. Oh, no. I can't want cookies. I'm trying to stay off the sugar. So... Amini is kind of comparing the situation to a fictional character hiding in plain sight. She's like, really? Your apartment? Our apartment? Like, this feels a little, I said. a little easy for them to find us. And Amini asks if they're safe, and Nomi says, absolutely, because I used Will's badge number 
to file a police report saying that I was last seen on a flight to Australia. So they're going to be Come looking on. for her in Australia. Yeah. <laughs> Until they figure out, hey, she's not in Australia. They've got some time because they have to go look for her there. <laughs> and Amanita suggests that they go to their friend's place instead because it's still a little dangerous for them to be here. And Nomi disagrees since she doesn't want what happened to Grace to be a repeat on anyone else. She doesn't yeah. want her trouble hurting other people. Amanita says, I love her so much. She's so ride or die. She says, our trouble. Like, I'm with you in this. It's not just you. Yeah. I'm here too. Uh, I love her. They're so cute. Anyway, so in our final scene, we go back to Leto, who's having a very dark, dark time. Yeah. And he's in his apartment. He's sad. It's near sunset. And... He is on the patio. He keeps calling Hernando's phone over and over again. Sometimes for small things, like the the ba- the, the jacuzzi's not working. Um, yeah. What do I do for this? Like, I, I, it's, it's just tiny little things, but it's just so he can call him. Just so he can get him to answer the phone. Hernando's yeah. not answering. No. He seems to be also getting drunk on blended drinks. He's drinking a lot of them. Yeah. And into nightfall, he kind of just... He's laying down in the bath. He on the phone to Hernando's voicemail. He's saying that he's let Hernando down. He knows he's let Danny down as well. And he says he has many voices in his head, but Hernando's is the only one he can't live without. Mm. I love I love them so much. Um, <laughs> and the call ends abruptly as Hernando's mailbox yeah. is full. It's full. He can't call him anymore. And I do want to point this out. While he's laying in the jacuzzi or tub or whatever, um, he has one sock on and one flip-flop on. And fun fact, when Sense8 was canceled uh, after season two, before the special two-hour finale movie thing that was created, that wasn't going to be a thing. It was just going to end on the second-to-last episode of season two because the last one wasn't a thing. And... So people were like mad. They were like, this was a huge cliffhanger. You can't just end it here. And so a campaign was made to send a single flip-flop into the Netflix offices. Everyone sent a bunch of single flip-flops into the Netflix offices to try and get them to renew it for at least an episode or for another season. (laughs) So, and this is why. Because Lido had the single flip-flop on. So. Oh, interesting. Fun facts. Um, But yeah, he's, he is sad. And he looks to his left and he sees a gun on the floor. And did you miss this entire thing? No, 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 no. I, I saw, I saw, I saw it. Okay, I was like, because you look confused for a second. I went, dude, if this is <laughs> no, oh no, I'm just shocked that. So he tries to pull the trigger and then a lighter pops up. And, and then like, a oh, lighter pops up. It's fake. So I'm like, did he know it's fake? Is it like a prop gun from one of his movies? Is it like a lighter that's just very fancy? Looks like a gun? Like what? What is this? I mean, it's a, I'm pretty sure it's a lighter. It's a, it's the fancy lighter, but I don't actually know. I don't think I can answer if he was going to do it or not, if he was planning to do it, if he knew it was... Because afterwards he says, like, oh, it's fake, it's fake. Like, everything in my life is fake. All I know how to do is lie. So I don't know if he was shocked well, that Well, that makes me think he was, he he was going to do it. Like he, he was, Yeah, that... Like, honestly, yeah. it makes me think... It makes me think he was going to do it. So... But also, it's his. So, like, maybe... Maybe he forgot that in the moment because he all he could think about was how sad he was and how depressed he was. Mm. So I don't know. It's a bit it's a bit yikes, but he was he was gonna possibly kill himself there. 
Um, but that's that's where we end. Yeah. The episode. Goodness gracious, sad episode. Um. So, who's your MVP for this episode? I don't know. I have mine, which is new. I mean. I feel like no one really did anything MVP like worthy. It was kind of like sad backstory for everyone. So like it's not really like a hey, this is nice. Um I have mine. Okay, good for you. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> um who I just I'm just happy I have mine before you. <laughs> okay. I think I got mine. Okay. Okay. Three, two, one. No Cassius. Me. Ah. Yes, I, I figured you were gonna say no me, so I picked Cassius instead because I feel like oh, they okay. both kind of did the same thing, which was help someone else with their trauma by with their own past trauma. Yeah, honestly, that's why I chose Nomi. So I see, I, Cassius was another option though. So yeah, that, I that's why I, picked, that. I knew you were gonna pick Nomi, so I was like, okay, I'll pick Cassius to cover both bases. But yeah, they essentially did the same thing, which was help one of the others going through current trauma or mm. their own past trauma with their own past trauma and be like, hey, I got through it, so can you. Also, Nomi put a bolo out for herself from Australia, so <laughs> pretty cool. True. Um, but yeah, that, no, some, some good ones there. Okay. I shall grade you on your vibes for last week. And okay. you did absolutely horrible. <laughs> yeah, I figured. Uh, you did not get a single one right. Yeah, I figured. Uh, for the title, the fun title game, Death Doesn't Let You Say Goodbye, you said, I said it had to do with two different people, which is Caffius and Riley having the conversation. You said Kala and yeah. Wolfgang. No. Yeah. <laughs> um, for my favorite conversation in the show, and I elaborated on that by saying Art Museum, Another Head Sensei Helps with Trauma, da da da. You said Riley and Wolfgang. Wrong. You had so many options here, but you did not get any single one. For a change of heart, it was Sun's dad. And you said Leto. <laughs> yeah. For more of a hint towards a backstory. There's like five different people. How did I get this wrong? <laughs> literally, I don't know. But this one, this one, I literally circled this here because it's for, it's Riley. You said in the end, Nomi. You locked in Nomi, but you said, oh, it could be Riley. But no, I'll lock in Nomi. And then I, so I wrote down, you said Riley. <laughs> but you locked in Nomi. <laughs> so, but then, but we had we Nomi's backstory. Was that not what you were talking about? You said a hint of the backstory. No, a hint of the backstory as more of a hint to what happened when Riley's backstory. Ah. Uh, uh, uh. Yeah. So no. Um, you were close, though. <laughs> if that's any consolation. And Depressed. for depressed, it was Leto, but you said son. So you got them all wrong. <laughs> so you did not do well there. Um all righty, so I have five plus a helpful hint. <laughs> I don't want helpful hints. No, 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 no. Not, not that helpful. Oh, okay, um, then fine. It's just, it's just hot damn. There's a hot damn. Oh, <laughs> okay, good. Good to know. <laughs> There's a hot damn, just to warn you. Um, okay, fair. So the title is, What is Human? Are you Kala? Oh. 
I'll be honest, I feel like anyone could say that, so I'm just gonna say Kala and move on, because I don't really know. Mm-hmm. Nor will I get any points for this, so it doesn't really matter that much. True, that's the easy one that you don't need points for. Um, yeah. So, we have... Your first vibe is a threat. Whispers. Ooh, whispers. Do you want to say that, or do you want to say a specific sensei in our cluster? Oh, that it's going to involve. Yeah. Wait, are, are, they, are they a threat, or are they going to be threatened by a threat? Not someone in the cluster, but someone that is friends with one of the cluster. Someone that is close to one of the cluster members. Someone threatens someone. Who is the story involved with? Um, maybe Wolfgang, because, I mean, Felix already got shot. Oh, no, wait, no, he already got shot. He already got... Hmm. He, he was technically already threatened. Um, so he could be threatened again. But I don't... Who else is there in this show? There's... <laughs> Who else is there? <laughs> well, no, I'm, I'm trying to think of, of, like, side sensei characters. Yeah, yeah, like, yeah. Like, people who are... Hmm. Oh, maybe Leto. Maybe Fernando or Danny gets, like, threatened or something. I don't know. I'll, I'll say Leto. Mm-hmm. Okay. Maybe maybe it's Joaquin and he's back and he's like... Ooh. I don't know. Next we have... Wait, do we have that? Oh, no, I think I'm wrong. Because I wrote oh. it down thinking it was in the show, and then I feel like I didn't actually see it. Wait, let me check before I give you a wrong vibe. Oh, oh my God, a false vibe? <laughs> I think I gave you a wrong vibe. Hold on. What do you mean, false vibe? Oh, I think I did. I think I did give you a wrong vibe. Okay, scratch You gave scratch me wrong that. vibe? You gave me false vibe? I gave you a false vibe. I mean, you I haven't told you what it is. You gave me a false vibe. Are you kidding me? That's so rude. I haven't told you what it is yet, so it's not like you I know. I know, but still... <laughs> wow, false vibe. Okay, so this vibe will be for next week, so I'm just gonna not tell you this one. Um, wow, okay. Oops. Okay. Anyway, uh, your next vibe, that's not that one, uh, is Bazooka. Ooh, Bazooka. Bazooka. I don't know why I got excited about that. Um, I feel like that's Wolfgang. Ah, true. I feel it's either Wolfgang or Will, but I feel like Wolfgang might be more likely. Mm, Wolfgang's kind of crazy. Um, Alright, you're, 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 mm, is this going to be a vibe? Maybe. Um, okay, there's a, one of your vibes has to do with the thing that might make you squeamish depending on how. I don't want to know about it. Okay, so I won't even give you that vibe? No, don't even bother. All right. So that means you only have three vibes. My bad. Okay. Um, wow. You started Damn, out with five. <laughs> it's not a false vibe. You just don't want to know about it. Okay. No, um, there was one false vibe though. There's one false vibe. Yes. Um, I wrote it down pre, pre premeditatedly. I don't know the okay. word for that. And then hot um, damn is the last one you said. Hot damn. Well, no, there's one more. Oh. Hot damn was just a warning. Oh. I don't know. Hot damn was just so you knew. Um. This is, you scratch my back, I scratch yours. That's not a quote. It's just, no. It's not a quote. It's just, like, an obvious instance. Like, uh, two senseis help each other out in different situations. That they need help in. What are the two senseis? You can guess two senseis, and I'll give you a point for each one. That you get right. I don't know why. I feel like Will and Wolfgang. Hmm. I feel like they never really interacted that much yet, so I feel like it would be one of those things where it's like, hey... Help me out, and, like, I'll help you. I don't know. That's what's the point there. Gotcha, gotcha. 
All right. That's it then, if you don't want to know the questionable vibe. Not questionable, I but know. like. Vibe that has to do with the thing. Uh, but I will say this do not watch this downstairs or at school. <laughs> For the love of God. <laughs> well, I wasn't going to watch it at work because fucking like the hot damn already kind of negated that. But. Just don't. <laughs> I can't watch it down. Why not? No one. Normally, no one's downstairs. I mean, oh, well, this week actually might be different because. Know, if someone walks in on you one? watching this, I don't want them to be like, it's not okay. In my opinion, it's not traumatizing, but like some would like taboo it or label it as traumatizing. That's fine. I'm of the opinion that no, it's not traumatizing. It's normal. But like um, everyone else, there are some people that might not find it normal. I mean, it's. Not I, I, I'm, I'm wondering a... if I'm gonna know what you're talking about, or if I'm just gonna watch and be like, "What the fuck were you talking about with this?" Disclaimer? Oh, you'll know. You'll know. I'll know. I'll know. Okay. Oh yeah, it's a whole. Let me see how long the scene is actually. So this all kind of starts. Forty-seven twenty. Forty-seven minutes twenty seconds, and ends oh, yeah. at fifty-five minutes and thirty seconds. So that's a good eight minutes. It's eight-minute-long scene. I have no idea what this is. I have no idea what this is. Eight minutes of something that I'm not sure if you've seen before. So we're gonna. I'll have some fun facts about the scene when we uh, when when we go to talk about it next week. <laughs> okay. Yay. <laughs> okay. Cool. So that was Sense Eight, Episode Nine. Death doesn't let you say goodbye. We will see you next week for Sense Eight, Episode Ten. What is human? <laughs>